Class Forum. We're here doing new information, updates, and current events on our battle for independence here in America. All of our NATO allies are also pitching in and providing lethal assistance to the Ukrainians and many of our NATO ally, uh, European allies. So this is going to be, you know, a continuing responsibility, and I expect that our military leaders are going to listen very carefully to the Ukrainian military leadership of what they see as their priorities. Okay, a total and complete uh, fiasco in this city, the Imperial Capital, Washington D.C. It's Wednesday, nine March, Year of Our Lord, twenty twenty-two. You're in the war room. Uh, I want to bring in a restaurant. Listen, one thing, you, you don't have any clear thinking about exactly where we are. It's all in emotions. It's people running around acting like uh, school children. And this is a very dangerous situation that level heads have to kind of think through exactly what's going on, what's in the best interest, the vital national security interest of the United States in American citizens. Okay, in American citizens. And you're seeing... Uh, this is um, this is far more chaotic and crazy than when we went to war in Iraq, and we know how that turned out. Okay, so we have we have committed to you that we're going to be the center in the storm to provide you information, analysis, data that you can use to make up your own decisions and do it consciously. I want to bring in Russ Vogue. The one thing they can't do in this city continually because they don't have there's no discipline since. With the prime reserve currency, they just continue to print money, which are just IOUs on you and your family, and, and essentially devalue the dollar constantly. This is what it is. And today they announced, remember, there's no conspiracy, but no coincidences. They just announced a whole new set of potential regulations on crypto. Hey, just throwing that out to you. It's just a random event. That happened today. What about your last vote now? Center for Renewing America, the last director of the Office of Management and Budget under President Trump and one of the most important uh, jobs in the government and, and uh, a guy who really could get to the numbers. Russ, you've been around this town a lot longer than I have, but I've been around this town for over a decade now. The gimmicks, the tricks, the lies, the spin that is coming out of here to cover up what is going on financially and economically. You called it the other day on the show and they came out with a $1.5 trillion but, uh, appropriations bill on top of the three and a half trillion transfer payments. So remember, that's over a five trillion dollar, significantly over five. And you can the, the the interest. It's six trillion dollars. You got this fourteen billion dollar Ukrainian thing, and now they're doing all kind of gimmicks. So one side votes for one vote. What the hell's happening here? Yeah, last night they finally unveiled the package that they had been working on for months, and it is around, it is a one point five bill. Uh, we are assessing right now how big of an increase it is, depending on what is in and what is out of that $1.5 trillion bill. But this is something that is over 2,700 pages, and they have concocted a way to pass it to ensure that only the defense bill is voted on and the non-defense bill is voted on. And then after those two votes happen, they will then mer merge them together. They call them a merge. They will merge them together and then send it to the Senate. But you understand the gimmick there. They are not letting the people who oppose one or the other have a totality package to vote on other than a procedural rule that is often a partisan vote. And that is right now is what is being held up right now because both parties have issues with it. 
who are not kind of the, the, the decision makers within each party. And so that's what's unfolding right now. So here's just another example of the whole subject matter where they're discussing the international reserves currency and the international reserve status of our money. Um, and as far as its important and unique prized position within global markets and international commerce. So we have to recognize that the, our, our credit rating, our AAA credit rating, once that gets pulled down and we can no longer borrow any more debt and we can't service the debt that we already have and it becomes unsustainable, then they'll ultimately the, the weaponization of the dollar will fail because right now the, the, the position of the dollar is, is not stable and they can keep printing money forever but ultimately the consequences of it and the pain and the downturn, the lack of opportunity and jobs and, and the, the bear market that would ensue to such an extent that the, the people who are most, the people, the people in the lower middle class and the, and the people who are, are the poorest and the weakest in the economy would suffer the greatest damage. And so with this particular financial cycle that we're in, it behooves us now to get out ahead of it. Unlike Joseph had the dreams of the seven years of feast and the seven years of famine, right now, while we have a chance, we have to prepare for the worst, for the worst case scenario. And it's necessary for us, ultimately for our sovereignty and for our personal wealth, and our personal liberty and freedom, to not be in debt international debt with private banking houses of Europe. And the quiet part out loud that's not really being said is that we're we're terribly in debt and we borrowed into compounding, compounding debt so that our money is being devaluated and that devaluation is ultimately stealing the worth of the currency itself because it's on a a process of spiraling and as it unfolds, the value of of the $1 bill does not ever return to the original you know the original value that it once had it's a process of economic entropy it's a debt spiral and we're not going to be able to change it until we change the currency so the federal reserve note itself has got to go we need to get rid of it we need to enact laws through congress to ensure that congress begins to supply a a a sovereign debt fund a sovereign national fund based on gold and silver and other things that are valuable and based on hard currency. So whatever we do, we need to move back to gold certificates, silver certificates, private bank notes for responsible banking institutions that are within the United States and and get this monopoly, the money-making power and the monopoly of creating currency becoming the only bank of issuance in the United States being this Federal Reserve System. we got to get rid of it. If you look at the history of it, the whole idea of the place being the swamp goes back to this particular book called The Creature from Jekyll Island. And it's a throwback reference to the swamp thing. The disgusting, smelly fish monster that comes out of the swamp and tries to, tries to steal all your shit and steal your, your ladies. And so the swamp thing, The Creature from Jekyll Island, the famous book, which you should go ahead and get and check it out. Everybody knows about it. If you haven't read it or got a copy of it, you must be the last person to find out about the book Creature from Jekyll Island. Everybody knows the entire apparatus of the the Washington, D.C. debt machine is called The Swamp. And it's called The Swamp because of that particular book. 
So if you read the creature from Jekyll Island, you'll get a good inside look at how the Federal Reserve System, they, they try to sneak it past with the Aldridge Act and the Aldridge Act and the Federal Reserve Act were virtually identical pieces of legislation that were going to create a new central bank to take away all the authority for banks to create banknotes of value and compete to to make sure that those different banknotes, which are what dollar bills are, the banknotes, these different banks throughout the United States would work to make sure that their particular, their issued banknotes from their bank were valuable and sustainable. And there was competition. There was more, more than one currency. And as we get to this point in 1913, when the Federal Reserve System is going to take over, they're going to take the unique ability for banks to create their wealth and eliminate it, to create you know banknotes and create uh, denominations of value that are paper, paper bills, right? That's what a bill is. When you get a bill, you receive a statement of value. That's what a dollar bill is. It's a bill that, that demands the bank a certain value. And when the Federal Reserve System took over, it put the it took the sole power of creating currency as a monopoly and put it in the hands of private European banking dynasties that go back to centuries. The exact people that we fought our revolution to escape because we were trying to get out, get get away from the Rothschild banking families and and the princes and the dukes and the arch princes and so on and so forth who would hire the services and they would get the uh, the Hessian soldiers who were just debased, raping, pillaging monsters who were there just to be mercenaries at the behest of the English and just be ruffians and and brutalize the uh, the colonists and that brutality that was funded by the banking lords of Europe the same banking syndicates that are there now that we're in, we're in hock to through the Bank of England. So I mean, those are the facts. We, we're not a sovereign nation. We're not. We're just a, a company of people ready to be manipulated by our overlords, as we always were, until we get back onto hard currency founded and, and established and minted and created by the Department of the Treasury in the United States of America, not some Federal Reserve mystery board, board of governors. You get to, you know, just direct our, our currency into the ground. So it looks like uh, Sachs, Neiman, Neiman Marcus, the different banking lords are pointing out that they're going to have more than seven rate hikes, which are interest rate hikes in this year alone, which is two more than they predicted because they predicted five and now they're saying it's going to be seven. So the interest rate on the money are, are, are paying to use it to use someone else's cash to, to borrow and spend money that were that were being offered to us from these these banking overlords, you have to understand that's how that's how it works. So if you're mystified by the creation of money, you need to snap out of it. We're in debt. We can't go on until we can spend more debt currency. And these bills that we're printing out are, are receipt of debt that has to be paid back. So every dollar that's printed out has to be paid back with dollar and interest. All right, so it's not a sustainable debt cycle that we're in as the United States, the people, the government of the United States of America. That's the whole farce. That's the whole secret tragedy that the Republicans, the Democrats, the Uniparty, the, the party of Davos is, is putting us over the end of our debt cycle. So the, all these COVID-19 world wars, all, all, we're not going to be able to afford to pay our, sold, our soldiers, airmen and Marines. Or, you know, we're not going to be able to afford to pay our armed forces. We're not going to, the government is insolvent. And unless they go into another area and take it over and put it into the, uh, the basket of debt nations that the Federal Reserve System represents and add new blood to feed the machine, to feed the debt machine, the currency itself has nowhere else to go. It's, it's lost its value, like we re- reiterated again and again. So just in order to see you blessed and see you 
to be able to survive this transition period where the, the, the greenback currency, fiat currency, Federal Reserve note just becomes worthless as toilet paper. It's important that you take what what money you have left and begin to transition into other things that are valuable, the silver coins, gold coins, things that are can be traded with and keep their value as this time goes on. Like we said, as the, uh, the North American Union became, becomes more of a reality with these international treaties and the United Nations debt obligations and the United Nations um, programs for treaties that outline our, you know, the, how we're becoming a union, or just like the African Union and the European Union, we're beginning sucked into Canada and Mexico. For this, this is a status as a North North American Union, and the North American Union is going to have a new flag, and and now we see, understand, we have to put our conspiracy hat back on because now the the North American Union is becoming a reality, and all the background noise of these wars and these different rumors of wars, and these COVID you know plague outbreaks, which is what it is, it's plague. They're finding a way to try to capitalize and use and manipulate plague on a scientific level. That seems like a genius idea. But as they go forward, it's going to become transparent that the Federal Reserve note is going on, on its way out, and they'll propose a new currency. That's why we said the Amero. If you go look up the Amero, it's kind of a dumb name. It reminds me of the Euro. Euro is kind of a dumb name, but it's taking like the first letters of the word America and putting an O on it, Amero. If you look up the Amero coin, it's been plotted by these international oligarchs from UNESCO and the World Health Organization and the United Nations and from the Bank of International Settlements and the World Bank and the Global Monetary Fund and all, all the all these the echelon of global government empire instruments, these particular tools of, of worldwide imperialism that they've created over time are now beginning to produce fruit and and these they're they're directing the affairs of the world and you could see that through with COVID-19 regulations all the different nations of the world were admonished as one that they wanted to be you know continue to be a part of the civilized world and not have their money uh destroyed or their economies or with war you know what I'm saying Ukraine being one of the ones that now is on the outs they were they were uh Burisma you could the Ukrainian uh, gas conglomerate was paying Hunter Biden and Joe Biden uh, millions of dollars a year, but maybe now it's time to shut them up. You know, who, who knows how these things are done? But as we go forward, we're going to listen to some more about the international reserve currency, the the actual currency that's required to trade on the international markets with large scale purchases of uh, co- all kinds of commodities and the shipments of the, the grain and food and, and items that your people want to have them moved around the world you have to all, all the different world's currencies have to be transferred into federal reserve notes and that's how all the deals are done so that, that that's a prized position that we're taking for granted right now there's no guarantee that that will always be that way there's no guarantee that our money is going to be able to sustain the kind of economic damage that all this borrowing ha- has created and it's amazing how Biden, you know, up the, up the uh, trillion dollar debt limit. And now, as of right now, they're, in about a week, they're going to be out of money again. So they're funding all these black book operations, all these secret weapons programs. They're, you know what I mean? They got to build new aircraft carriers and, and new fighter pilots and have the, uh, the most highly paid and well taken care of uh, military in the world. And it's all very costly to maintain. And now the, the cost of our money and the, the, the sovereignty and the independence of our economic status in the world is being threatened. It's been something that's been building up for a long time. So as we come to the end of the debt cycle, it's, it's, it's important for you to hear this discussion and to learn about how these different things are going to affect our lives. Hey, people, I mean, Wall Street, the corporatocracy, 
Did you unit party up here and you saw them all clapping and handing out pins and they did all these were some tough trade-offs. There's no tough trade-offs, no tough decisions. It's how much you're gonna increase an already out of control uh, a budget that, that you don't have to pay for because we're still the prime reserve currency. Well, hey, today and remember, because we declared offensive economic war on the Russian people, not the oligarchs, forget taking the yachts and the football teams, that's all nothing. That's marginal. We had declared war on their central bank. We swept their bank reserves. We've destroyed the ruble. Their stock market can't open. That is to put the Russian people in a depression for what? For regime change. It's economic warfare, which is sophisticated 21st century warfare. There's been a response. As we warned you, there was going to be a response. Because you didn't focus on the Chinese Communist Party. You focused on the junior partner, the Chinese Communist Party, Saudi Arabia would not take a phone call from, from, uh, from Joe Biden. They wouldn't take a phone call, but they made an announcement. They offered a state visit to Xi, and then today, this economic group they got, this Eurasian economic group, announced they're starting a project to have an alternative currency to the dollar. And as Philip Patrick, you can comment on this Wall Street Journal bombshell that says that the Saudis are prepared to take Chinese currency, the yuan, in settlement for the massive output deal they're about to they're, they're about to cut, which was our former partner, the remember the uh, one of the most vicious dictatorships in the world, the Southern Royal family that we have propped up. Hello, Bush family. Hello, Bush family. That we have propped up for forty or fifty years. Philip Patrick, how big a deal this? And ladies and gentlemen, when this gets traction, and it's going to get if they if Iran and Saudi take a basket of these currencies in replace of the dollar. Because nobody wants to get stuck with a big devaluation. If they do that, yep. this day will go down in history as the beginning of the end of the American empire. Philip Patrick. I mean, how big is it? It's about as big as it gets. This is significant for the United States and our standing in the world. So let's look at what's happening. So Saudi Arabia right now in active talks with Beijing and the CCP to price some of its oil sales to China in Yuan. Right. It's big. Currently, 80 percent of global oil sales are in U.S. dollars. Saudi Arabia have priced their oil in dollars since 1974 exclusively. The Saudis even pegged their currency to the dollar. That's how close the relationship is. Now, what this shows us, these moves, is the dollar is definitely in decline as the world's global reserve currency. Now, this isn't new. These talks have been going on for the last five or six years, but they've escalated dramatically this year. Why? The Biden regime. In particular, the Saudis were unhappy with Biden's attempt to strike a nuclear deal with Iran again, and they've grown increasingly unhappy with this decades-old security in, uh, agreement that we have with what they have with the U.S. So they need a new protector, right? Exit U.S., enter China. Why does it make sense for China? China buys 25% of Saudi Arabia's oil right now. What this would do for them is boost the standing of the yuan within the global financial system and chip away at the dominance of the U.S. dollar. Now, this affects us massively because Washington has relied for decades now to finance its massive deficit spending on the back of this dollar dominance. The timing, and you've mentioned this, and I think you're absolutely spot on, it's no coincidence for the Chinese. 
the, the use of the dollar has become a weak point, and I think one that they're eager to avoid, right? The Chinese have seen what the U.S. has done to Russia, essentially weaponizing the U.S. dollar and using it against them. When Biden froze Russia's bank accounts, the central bank, sovereign wealth funds, the Chinese realized if it could happen to them, it could happen to us. Yes. This is yes. bad news now, bad news, because what it does... Increasingly, we're going to start to see the dollar sidelined in global transactions. The market for U.S. debt's going to evaporate. And who's going to get stuck with the bills? We are. And if Biden has his way, they're going to be massive, right? It's significant. Just remember, in a, in a time that we're, we're, going, we're hurtling towards a recession, and the question is, is it going to be in the summer? Is it going to be in the third quarter later? Is it going to be in the fourth quarter? It's coming, right? And particularly these PPI. At a time that maybe you want to have some uh, some some uh, some powder to be able to, some dry powder to be able to use on spending. We're going to have to start to go through massive cuts, massive cuts. You're not going to be able to finance this. The old games of just putting on the printing press are not going to work. Anymore. So we're just trying to go through all the different threads and to piece together the different constituent parts of this information. It's it's absolutely necessary that we are well informed and that the propaganda mechanisms of government do not prevail against the overall consciousness of the American people. As a mass awakening, as a people group of one nation, we can operate together in unison, and we can we, we need to know what the fact, there isn't two sets of facts, that a set of facts that placate the right and a set of facts that placate the left, and this kind of like duality of narratives that retell the storyline a different way that it appeases one group and there's just one constituent American history and when we go down as a nation when we collapse when there's mass starvation when there's panic and rioting in the streets across the nation that's going to affect all of us we're not going to be able to look at partisan squabbles and, and, and political disagreements at that point when if, you know at, at some point if we have um, a, a loss of a military defeat in the air or in, in the ocean or in land maybe in the land of the United States if we if we have if there's a success, successful land invasion of the US we're going to no longer be able to look at each other with this partisan bifurcated schizophrenic it's, it's no way for a people to be it's no way for a nation to be run and in this back and forth equivocating between parties and as the system constantly resets over and over and over again and never actually makes any headway, and we, we go to energy independence and create millions of jobs, and then we, we end energy independence and try to go to a Green New Deal that, that kills 10 million jobs. I mean, this is the kind of double-minded and demented mass political psychology that is, is ruining our, our country. And it's causing us to, it, because of the narrative, because of the way the ar arguments are carefully structured, and because of the way that the media appeals to this antagonizing, this ongoing political animosity, this carefully orchestrated social enmity, is just kept consistently antagonizing the population itself against and in order to create internecine conflict and strife in the body politic. So we don't have peace and sober-minded, deliberate thinking within our political governing. We just have this constant tit-for-tat fighting and this ambivalence and anxiety within the structure of the body politic and within the mass population of Americans who have to decide if they're going to choose A or B 
confident. So it's red or blue. There's no third way that creates an outcome for America, that creates peace between the different political groups and creates a, a win for the, uh, the, the, the American economy, for instance. So they have this certain Hegelian dialectic, the scheme that pits American ultranationalism and American supremacy against, over and against, absolute careening, cathartic American collapse. And that's it. That's all you can get. You can, you can vote for Biden who's going to punch a hole in your tire while you're, you're going 70 miles down the highway. Or you have to vote for Trump who whose only interest is to, to further this idealism of American exceptionalism in the world. And so you have to recognize that in, in an environment of nationalism, American exceptionalism isn't exactly the most profoundly wise course of action. We, we see countries like Japan, who are intensely nationalistic, but at the same time, they're not running around the country, you know, you know, up in everybody's face, talking about national greatness of Japan and returning J Japan to Japan's greatness, and it's just an attitude problem. And Americans can cheer and wave flags, wear red hats, American MAGA hats, but the point is, is that American ultranationalism doesn't make any more sense as an effective tool to promote America's future than Joe Biden's suicidal tendencies. Joe Biden just pulling the plug on all possible American competitiveness so that we're just a consumer nation with a collapsing national currency. And I say national currency because they're not state currencies. It's a single currency that all 50 states and all 350 million people in America have to use that's coming through Washington, D.C. as a city. And Washington, D.C. as a city is an empire, is an imperial capital that is influencing events all around the world. So this cabal of elite globalists who are using the environment and environmental reasons for the ostensible reason why we're going to shut the American country down, the American people and the American economy, just put, you know, put it into a red line so it just goes completely dead right at this point when we, we most need to wake up and to be, we most need our economy to be energized and wealthy and powerful because we're going into the stage of conflict with, with our hands tied behind our back. And that's, that's the communists like Xi Jinping in, in China are something that we need to be concerned about. But the communists like Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat Party and AOC, who are right there in Washington, D.C., who are actually inside the, the gates of our own country, inside our own borders, who are domestic enemies. So we have literal domestic conspirators, domestic enemies, enemy combatants, assets of foreign governments, assets of, the, of, of Russia and of China. And just the, the ideals of the United Nations, these are assets who are here to betray the, the American people within our government. Consequences of their actions have brought only a, a, a tyranny of federal oligarchs who have their hand at the, the till, have, their, have the, the great machinery of the printing press up there printing out trillions of dollars of Federal Reserve notes. And they're like the wolves guarding the, the sheep. We can't allow the wolves to guard the sheep. We can't allow these the avarice of these criminal aristocrat elites like Nancy Pelosi and like, like the Obamas who go in there relatively as wealthy as you and I, and then they come out like plutocrats with hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on the books, and we don't know what else they really got. So this is the Georgetown set. This is this is the 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 crowd of Atlanticists whose only interest is maintaining the relationship with their sovereigns over there in London, the city of London, and protecting their ability to control the money supply, which really affects the whole world because the whole point of this conversation was to remind you that, that the American currency 
is a national currency that's borrowed by our national government in Washington, D.C. and is borrowed by our, our governing representatives from a foreign banking establishment. They're not going to our own national treasury and into our own American government bank account. They are borrowing currency and borrowing the debt credit, the bank credit, and printing it out, and we're on the hook to pay it back. This is borrowed money. Every time they do another spending measure for a trillion dollars to, to, to fund the government for another six months, because we're we're, we're we're almost at hyperinflation, we got to really talk about this. we got to be aware that the rest of the world is starting to become aware and just starting to shift direction. That's why we're looking at the, the, the king of Saudi Arabia is just no longer interested. He's, he's now trying to take Chinese money. This is a big deal. We made them. We built them through the British Empire. And Standard Oil, Rockefeller Standard Oil, was one of the uh, the only oil companies allowed in there who made the original deal with the Saudi Arabian uh, princes back in the 1920s. So the fact that they're now going to switch off our currency and go to the yuan or whatever they're going to do, or baskets of, what does that mean, baskets of currencies? So whatever, 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 whatever they're doing now, they're going to drop the usage of Federal Reserve notes because they recognize that the international reserve currency, that this, the status that American dollar has, King dollar, as the primary reserve currency of the world is, is, gonna, is going to fail. And when it fails, that means that our interest is going to skyrocket along with our prices because we, we really, we shut our, our oil reserves down. We, we no longer are an oil producing nation, despite whatever they're doing to pretend like they want to defend the, uh, the Ukrainian people. That was on the books for a long time, guys. 2022, you couldn't see that coming. We talked about it for a long time. We talked about it on the show. I mean, he built up his forces at the Ukrainian border over a course of a year. You got to be a retard not to know that he was going to do that. And then people were like, oh, I'm really surprised that Putin did that. Now, I mean, who's surprised? Whoever's surprised needs to get fired. If you're surprised, whether you're a journalist or a politician, whatever, whoever you are, you need to get fired. Because I'm just some jackass out here, construction worker, who just listens to the news a lot. And I knew what he was going to do. We knew that he would wait till right after the Olympics so he wouldn't piss off Xi over there in China, right? So this is what we have to deal with, guys. We have to recognize that right now, in the world is the concert of nations, which is what happened in 1822, right? The Prince of Vienna, the Archduke of Austria, right? He, he got together in 1822, what they call the Holy Alliance, and they prepared the world, they prepared the plan for the destruction of national governments who were populist, who were democratic, who were Republican forms of government. And every kind of government that wasn't monarchical and wasn't imperialistic would be destroyed. So they got together all the great imperialists, all the great sovereigns and monarchs and emperors and czars, what have you, of the, of the world. And they prepared in 1822 to pull off exactly what they're going to do right now. And 200 years later is not really a long time in history. Maybe it seems like a long time for you. Maybe it seems a long, like it's a long time for America because we're barely about 200 years old. But the point is that for other aspects of history, from other perspective and vantage points of history that we don't have, by those operators who are operating organizations who are, that are centuries and centuries old, they have fully prepared and fully planned generationally ahead of themselves so they could pull off what they're going to do right now. So you have to recognize that this isn't just some living through history. No, this is something that we, people could see being developed for, for decades and decades and decades now, for a century now. You could see that this was going to happen. And so what's going to happen next is really simple. You just got to go back and look at Metternich, Prince Metternich. Go look this up. Read it for yourself. Go find out. Go see why the Monroe Doctrine was put into place, which required that all, all these different foreign powers 
We're not allowed to come on our, our hemisphere, in the Western hemisphere, and manipulate these democratic, democratically held popular governments that were developing in South America. And that's, that's what happened. That's what happened in Venezuela, right? They, didn't they go in and manipulate and begin to control and use vast resources to basically impoverish and, just, and build a, a dictatorship of just a kingdom of a guy who just rules over the people and they starve? So let's talk about Argentina. Same thing. Haven't we just explored all the different people and historians who are discussing how a huge contingent of German Third Reich masterminds went down to Argentina right after the collapse of Germany in World War II, where Hitler supposedly killed himself? Well, there's a huge chain of evidence that shows that a whole bunch of German war criminals fled to Argentina, like tens of thousands of them, which is crazy, like, like it was all pre-planned preset and they disappeared when the time came when when things were completely ruined in germany the ss command and gestapo leadership and a bunch of other third reich high commanders disappeared and escaped germany through the rat lines and they went to argentina they went to there, there were some other thousands of people that went other places but this huge contingent this inner core went to argentina now look at what look at argentina is today Arge, argentina when when, uh, when they fled there the pope was a young man at that time Pope, you know, was uh, the art. He became the uh, the Archbishop over the Archdiocese of Buenos Aires there in Argentina, and this is the same Mario Bergoglio who became the Pope today. And now, if you look at what Argentina is today, it's completely ruined and smashed. What used to be a rich, brimming with culture and intellectual development and and, and university, Buenos Aires and Argentina used to be a rich and wonderful democratic government with a free people who were nationalistic and who held to their own values and languages and border and culture and customs. And now look at it today. It's ruined. It's just completely cored out. So this is the kind of reality check that you need to have about the future of America. What And what has been is no prerequisite or determiner of what will be next. And, and past, re, past results are no indicator of future performance, things like that. Smart things. Let's be smart. All right. So we're working hard on this podcast to just be informative, to bring to life the convoluted nature of the propaganda of the media that is just leaving out everything that's vital and all the information that you need so you can be informed and you know how to, when to jump and when to duck and when to roll and when to duck and cover, you know, what the hat, what, you know, if you're just standing out there listening to these people, you're going to have your pants down when the time comes. You need information. You need someone to tell you who's unbiased, who isn't trying to present a certain form of the, the information in order to, to like lead you down the primrose path of some ideology or another. This is just letting you know what the forces of negation and the forces of decomposition and deconstruction and de-evolution, the, the historical tr- wins that, we're, that are our nose wins that we're up against here. Because what you believe in America about the freedom of people who have homosexual lifestyle and people who have transgender feelings should just speak out and be free and, and the freedom of women to to abort their babies and they, you know th- th- these freedoms that you take for granted in America are not guaranteed to you. There's no guarantee that there's going to be able to be a semblance of government in the future that is going to be able to protect your rights and your freedoms and your privileges. So if you love America, you have to be ready to fight for freedom all around the world. And if you're not, if you're just willing to infight within America and fight the political opposition and fight other Americans, 
it's it's American on American violence, man. It's American on American hate. It, you, you, the political, the politics of this matrix have just got you, and they've controlled you, and they've used you as a weapon against other Americans and against American it's, itself. There's a greater, higher political goal here, which is the survival and, and the, the rejuvenation and the restoration of American economy and American freedom and American let's start let's start with the Federal Reserve system it's got to go got to end the Fed in order for America to survive and to and to have a chance we have to have silver and gold money we have to have banknotes of the the various pe- competitive banks that offer those notes because they're doing good business and they don't have inflated worthless paper money but they have strong valuable paper money that uh, that is traded among people and used to pay for items and and other banks accept so this is various currencies. This is a basket of currencies within America. That's what we need. We need those currencies to represent gold and silver value. And if we don't get back on that right away, then our country is doomed. It's doomed. So we're discussing the international reserve currency today. And as usual, we will continue to provide the different media clips and audio commentary to just bring about an informed and prepared state of consciousness within the, the audience so that you can you can hear if you haven't heard you can hear the the facts of the matter which are unfortunately critical this is criticism this is our this is not dissent this is just a resuscitation of the facts and if they're if the, the reality of those facts are not good news for the washington davos uniparty system of debt slavery through the city of london there then that's just not our problem Okay, we, we are in the, the county and in, in, in our several states where we live in and, and the, the sovereignty of your particular state and the, of your county where you live and the sovereignty of those, of those sheriffs and those elected re- officials to act and to run their government should be strengthened and, and you should fight for that. The reemergence of de jure constitutional government local to you. And that especially is, is applying to your particular state government. Your state government should have the right to say, you know, Washington, D.C., everything you're doing there is, is no longer helping us. It's hurting us. You'd be bringing us along with you into the system of financial slavery. We're going just to just end our relationship with you. And we have a duty, covenant compact, and a, and a social agreement, social contract, if you will, with the citizens and the taxpayers of our state who elected us, who we represent, and we'll have nothing more to do with you. We don't want any final, you know, these states, look at what's what's California gonna do? It's completely bankrupt. It's now just become a shell corporation, like some kind of subsidiary of Washington, D.C. They're just totally dependent on the, the, the printing press to print out billions of more dollars and just send it over to, over to California so they can waste it on whatever they're wasting it on, and so they can pay their sheriffs and their cow, their cow, they can pay their, their various Californian uh, employees that they have and so that the, the entire state can operate. But they, they produce nothing, they make nothing, and they earn nothing. The state itself is as broke as the post office. It's just You just pay for it. You just pay for California government out of the coffers of Washington, D.C. just because they're owned. We, we can't expect for them to be anything but just red ink and debt from here on out. So what, what, what are the rest of the states in this 50-state 50, uh, 50 union of America supposed to say about that? Are we supposed to just go down and into just total bankruptcy and insolvency with California? Or we just get in a bread line to, to Nancy Pelosi and others to hand out bread to the masses, give them bread and circuses? No, a, a state like Florida, a state like Florida should be ready to just take over responsibility of its own borders and its own laws and its own sovereign governing nationalism 
because Florida's a nation. And Florida, that's how these different nations started out. That's how we had 13 nations. And, the, and we ended up with penury and the beggary, the beggarliness of these hollowed out corporate entities that just represent control structure that serves Washington, D.C. That's what you have in state government now. So we need sheriffs who are willing to put up a defense against the incursion of the FBI and these other federal agencies, whoever they might be, into your different areas. The, the sheriffs and the police in an area can, can, can govern and can police and can lay down the law in their own counties. They don't need the FBI sweeping in with the with the agenda of Nancy Pelosi and AOC to look in and to, to decide what's hate speech in their counties and, and who has a gun in, in an irregular way in their county. We don't need the FBI. We did, they're just a bunch of political Stasi Gestapo pigs. And for whatever FBI guys are out there doing good, there's another echelon above them that are out there just trying to set up guys to go to go to prison for Gretchen Wichman. So if you, you can't even talk to your neighbor because you don't know who, what FBI agents are just lurking around trying to say you said something and send you to prison for political reasons. It's far from the proud, crime-fighting, nationalistic entity that it started out as to protect the American people. And now it's just another mechanism of militarizing Washington, D.C. against the local constituency, the local the local people. So this is a discussion that we have to have. The end of the dollar is here. The petrodollar is done. Face it. What are you going to do when you when you earn a lot, you earn a good living, and you have a bank account, and you have lots of bills, and you, but you cannot get any more dollars because they're worthless? You have to go and shift into something else. You have to buy some gold and silver. You have to put your value, the actual energy of your life's value that you work and earn. You earn value and they pay you in a dividend. That dividend kernel needs to be put in something other than Federal Reserve notes. Okay, buy more guns. Buy more silver and gold. Buy more jewelry. Buy more things that are going to have value after the, the green paper and ink is just dissolved and the value of it's gone. Okay, get out of the dollar. And and, and you know what? You know what? The point is, is that you can't control, you can't hold it and make it to keep its value. The value of that financial instrument is going to dissolve whether you like it or not, whether you feel like you want it to or not, like you feel, you might feel patriotic towards the images of Abraham Lincoln and Washington DC and, and the different, you know, Benjamin Franklin and the different figures on the dollar notes, but just get over it, man. It's a, it's a graven image. It's just, it's just paper and ink. It, it, the value of it is going to dwindle. And so will you personal wealth with it. So let's discuss more about the international reserve currency as the status of our dollar today. This next story. So we're talking a lot this week. And you've seen it already. Wall Street Journal had that massive story. Saudi Arabia considering accepting yuan instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. All right, this is fall of Rome stuff. This is the kind of stuff that you talk about when... We're getting into the territory where the world reserve currency is going to be in a period of transition. Don't you like that word lately? We hear it again. It's transition. Just a transition. We're transitioning from one to the other. We're just going to transition the economy into the Great Reset, right? No, we reject that. We reject the Great Reset. But also understand what's happening. The financial mismanagement of our elites for our country has led to this moment. You might be saying, Poso, why does this matter? Is this even a big thing? Who cares? Saudi Arabia and China, you know, what's, what's the big deal? Why does that matter? Look, here's, here's Jen Psaki 
they asked her about it. She didn't even know what they were talking about. So he goes, Thank you, Jen. There's reporting that Saudi Arabia is considering uh, accepting the yen instead of the dollar for Chinese oil. Is the White House monitoring that possibility? And has the administration communicated that there would be any types of consequences if that happened? Let me check with the Treasury Department on it. It's a good question. I hadn't seen the report. I'll check with them. So we talked about this a little before. Let me clue you in. All right. The U.S. dollar was taken off the gold standard. Everybody understands that back in the 1970s. But the piece that a lot of people miss is that the U.S. dollar is backed by something around the world. It's backed by foreign oil sales. What does that mean? All foreign oil sales are conducted in a U.S. dollar basis. That means when Saudi Arabia goes to sell oil to China prior to this, they first convert their money, the Riyadh, into the Rial, into U.S. dollars. Then they do the sale, and then they sell the oil. You know, they ship, make their oil shipment to China. So that means there's always a foreign inflated demand for U.S. dollars. There has been for 40, 50 years at this point. It's the Bretton Woods system. And so, with bringing Venezuela online, with bringing Iran online, I guarantee you one of the things that the Biden administration is pushing them for right now is to say, continue to make these transactions in the U.S. dollar, even if you're not selling oil to us, because we're probably not going to buy oil directly from Venezuela or buy oil directly from Iran, because that's just politically untenable for the Biden administration, even for the neurotic millennials and West Wing LARPers that populate this White House. But understand, that's only predicated on U.S. influence in the world. We lose that, all of a sudden, the value of the money in your bank account goes up and up, or excuse me, the inflation goes up and up and up. The value goes down, 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 down. Right? Think of TVs, right? We can afford cheap foreign imports because the value of the, the dollar is strong. That diminishes, all of that goes away. And the price of a TV is going to be like the price of a refrigerator. Your costs are going to go up. And like it or not, that is the future, the financial future of this country that you're hurtling towards, your children are hurtling towards, and your children's children are hurtling towards. So all of the debt that we take on is going to be incurred by them. Understand it, get you and your family and your financial future and your financial fortunes secured while you still can. So you can see we're discussing the issue of the, the uh, America's national dollar, the Federal Reserve note, and its status as both a private banking instrument from a private banking corporation and also that we borrow our debt from as a nation. So we're, we're, as, as an independent, supposedly sovereign nation, we have as a, an entire corporate structure gone into debt with the Federal Reserve Bank. All the constituent parts of the banking square mile in the city of London and all the different private class A shareholders that own our debt who are being enriched by our, our massive trillion dollar borrowing. It's to the point of complete self-annihilation. And, and it's gonna it's gonna test this country. And it's kinda it's gonna test the manhood of this country. And now has come the time for the crucible and for we're gonna find out who really has the power to stay. Who has the staying power? Who 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 when the going gets tough, the tough get going. We're gonna find out really how this way. So am I. So will we all. And we're in a situation now where Americans are, are more preoccupied by men wearing glitter, lipstick, 
lip gloss, and whether it's okay for men to wear makeup, and having little boys go to a transgender conference and little nine-year-old boys dress up like little girls and wear women's eyelashes. I mean, we're at a point now where the manhood of this country is being completely turned inside out. And it's becoming debased to the point where the function of a man is to be able to fight and protect his family and his home and to be able to sacrifice. And that, and that sacrifice pertains to himself and his life and his time and his money and his effort. A, a man is only great if he is willing to sacrifice for his family and put his family first and put his country first and put God first and put everything, all the other needs of the people that rely on him first and put himself last. That's the kind of sacrifice that's going to be required by this country. And, and, and the men here, the lip gloss wearing men, the betazoids, the people who can't figure out what gender they are, their, their parents bore them out with, with a nutsack and a penis and then and, and all the required testosterone and hair and parts that go with it, and they can't figure out if they're a boy or not because they went off to a college campus and, they, and so they want to start taking hormones and, and, and mind and body-altering drugs. So we have a crisis in this country where the parents of these pedophile children, the parents of this pedophile culture are now actively training their kids to be transgender. It's not a matter of whether you were born that way anymore. Your parent, these, these parents, these people who got a hold of you are going to make sure that you're transgender. And so at this point, we have to recognize that we're, we're, everyone is talking about whether we should be make any provocative move that might irritate China or Russia and cause World War III. It looks like Putin already caused World War III, guys. It looks like the moves have already been made and, and the first strike uh, the, the moves that, you know, to control resources, the military maneuvers to go from, you know, it looks like that he, Putin was telling his troops that it, they were just on practice maneuvers and they just went live and just went right over the border. So that Rubicon has been crossed and World War III has already begun. It's that we have limp-wristed, weak cowardice in this country who are unable to react. And, and look at the commander-in-chief who they ultimately hold within themselves as their ultimate military leader. And the guy is so soft and so venile and, and weak that he can't do anything to, uh, to defend America. And so none of these other people who are concerned about their words and the things that they're saying, now they're just calling for, for Putin to be, be assassinated and killed. It's this wishful thinking. Would the man just die, this guy, you know? But the problem is not whether Putin will be assassinated or not or the fact that Putin took... took action when no one else would and made a provocative move when there was just total lily-wristed, wimpy, pussy-ass government in the United States. It was, the, it was our weakness that provoked this action. The weakness is provocative, like we were saying again and again in these episodes. So it's interesting because we were informing you the entire time, building up to this outbreak of World War III, that all the pieces were in place, and you had an enormous normalcy bias. So you, you could only look at the way things had been recently for the last period of time and you couldn't imagine a sudden change. You couldn't, you couldn't imagine that the, the ocean tide could suddenly redirect and suddenly be sent in a new direction. And so that's, that's what happened. We're looking at these moments of precious time being wasted where it's too late to send the Ukrainians the weapons they need. 
we could do it. We can give them money of the, these Federal Reserve notes that are just going to be devaluated right before our eyes and turn into sand. Looks like Saudi Arabia is going to just start taking the yuan. Everybody better learn what that means. So we're at a point now where we as a nation are fighting an existential fight. We as a nation have already gotten to the point of in our internecine political infighting that we can't survive as one people. Our racial issues, the racial division in our country against people who have different color complexion skins than other people. And then the diversion of the culture because the culture isn't necessarily reflective of the racial or ethnic characteristic. Anybody who has young sons knows how, how powerful a, a, a propaganda instrument these, this gangster and hip-hop music is, this gangster rap and hip-hop music and the culture that goes along with it, the, the, the sag your pants culture. We're still in full effect. These young guys, they want to like, they want to take Molly because the rap songs. They want to drink Hennessy. They want to smoke blacks, black and mild. So, you know, so they want to have nicotine. They want to have weed. They, they want it all. They want to shoot their gat. They want to have a gun in their sagged pants. And that's why your pants sag, you know, because you got you're holding the gun in there. Did you know that? You got to know how this stuff works. And in our culture here in America, the criminal culture that's overtaking. The youth, so the, the subculture has become the culture at this point. Now you have to recognize that what the ramifications are. The kids, they want to drop out. They don't want to learn anything. Learning things and knowing facts is stupid. You're not cool. Just just being dumb and being like, oh, everyone laughs. Hey, that, that's I, I've got teenagers. I don't have to tell you. I know all about it. We're, we got a TikTok ban in the house. No TikTok. No Chinese military apparatchiks are going to monitor my children's you know, I try. I do my best, but they want to. You know what it does? It makes it makes TikTok cool now. Now they want to look at it. Now they want to know what it is. Why? Why you can't have what's it all? It's nothing wrong. It looks like a cool app. They can't understand the larger picture. That's what's the problem with Washington D.C. This party of Davos, Washington D.C., Rome, and Brussels, and London. Let's not believe them out. These merchant overlords and banking masters. The international banking elite, the oligarchs of the world are, are now having to recognize that the people are, are waking up. The, the information age is here and we can all read and, and learn and basically discern the, the truth of the matter and the facts of history as it relates to our country and the, the circumstances of Europe. And so you have to recognize that we've already been in World War III for quite some time. Ever since China's been building, building those islands, they're building their own private island chain across the, uh, the Pacific. Just, just taking other people's, they're just slowly but surely interfering with the, the, the sovereignty of other nations. And these are authoritarian, totalitarian states. That's what Russia is. That's what Russia became. No one knew that Putin would come back for a third term. They, they didn't think he would. Of course he does. No one thought that he would just take Crimea. Look how weak and feckless and vassal and just totally vaginal is Obama. So bringing in a strong nationalist overlord over us to try to bring back our sense of pride, to try to make America great again, is not a good idea either. See, we're being faced with political a, a political dichotomy that is a forced decision that we shouldn't, we shouldn't f- take A or B. There's C option. There's, there's another way to think about this. Is the way to not just be an easily manipulated tool of the political game. You're not just a red or a blue. You have to recognize that it's not enough just to, to have strong feelings and listen to the rhetoric and being swayed into a great monumental political force. 
isn't always going to turn out the way you think. Everybody pines away for Trump to be back. Trump was there the entire time. He lifted the debt limit and he, he borrowed more money than, than Obama before him. And every, every subsequent president's going to have to borrow more money. He didn't change or address the Federal Reserve issue. I guess he didn't have time in four years. It's not enough. It's kind of like a tease. It's like a presidential tease. You, you really don't have enough time to accomplish anything. And those, the deep state, those who are controlled by the international elite, who are there just to run the show in Washington and have the echelon of power in their, under their command, the James Comeys of the world, the FBI, the, the, these deep state John Brennan, these power pigs that served Obama and love him and basically consider him to be the, the, the lord, or the, the dictator over all of us, right? Obama's really in the, pre- in the White House, guys. Just face it. So now we have a test of our manhood in this country. And we're not going to have enough men. We're not going to have enough men who aren't going to go hide in the closet, go hide under their beds when the time comes. We don't have enough men because all these men want to abdicate their manhood it becomes transgendered and becomes sexually confused on one one level or another. And just look, the, the Russian army doesn't allow any homosexuality. There, there are no homosexuals in the Russian army. Do you know why? Because they're an army who's going to try to win. They need team cohesion. They're not there just to consider whatever the needs and the, the innermost soft feelings of each of the soldiers. They're there to, to send the, the soldiers into the war of conquest to fight and die. And they can't have soldiers who are with, with weird, queer, gay feelings in the showers with all the other men in there who are going off to give the ultimate sacrifice and lay down their lives for their nation. Little queer boy gay feelings just don't fit into that environment. And of course, here in our military warrior culture, now we've made the transgender thing. We've just, we've debauched ourselves. And we're too politically correct and too terrified to say anything about it. It's like, it's like this idiot pops out. I don't even remember this guy. Just some Democrat idiot comes out and says that Poland is, is racist for taking Ukrainian refugees, but not Syrian ones. <laughs> and the whole world laughs because nobody cares about what this feckless Black Lives Matter propagandist thinks. He's just a fool. Of course, Ukrainians are going to find a welcome counterparts in Poland because for one they have the same skin complexion for two they have a similar culture and background and for three they speak the same language as each other and for four they have the same religion they're they're fundamentally Christian they're orthodox so these are their neighbors right next door who look sound like them speak like them and have the same uh, you know family lineages the same war histories and the same religion so yeah of course they're going to accept their neighbors now, far away in Syria, where there's a, a dissimilar culture of people who don't look the same, of people who don't share the same values, of people who don't speak the same language and are not the same religion, and this fool is going to say that they're, they're racist because they wouldn't take them in. Like, what? A, this is why we're going to go down, guys, because we, we're not able to stand up for our own background and ethnicity. We're not able to be like, I'm Irish and I'm proud of it. The, the Irish history and the Irish people are, are wonderful and beautiful and most unique specimen of, of humanity across the whole face of the earth. Everyone else is, is lucky. They're Zimbabwean or Australian or they're, they're interesting, but they're not Irish. They don't have that proud history. See, that's the problem. You, you people can't be proud of your own and define your own history because you're racist now. Because if you're proud of your history, it somehow means you hate other people's nationalities or racial ethnicities or backgrounds, which is just a lie. It's just, it's just a way for these people, these leftists, they've gotten themselves into such a perverse paradox that they can't work it out. They don't know what they are. They, they want to give weapons to the Ukrainians and they want to take weapons away from the Americans. 
which are their own countrymen. They want to stop the terrible atrocities at the border of Ukraine and Russia, but they don't want to stop the, the atrocities that are happening on the southern border of America. They love that. They love the illegal immigration. They love the invasion of people from coming from the South America and this huge influx of humanity pouring across the border because of the ravages of, of poverty and drug cartels. But the, the issues happening in Ukraine are just close to their hearts and they're just so concerned about it. Isn't that racist? I mean, are they just concerned about people that have their own skin pigment? What about the people that are, that are heavily, uh, have, have, a, have a high melanin content in their skin because they have a Spanish, Hispanic background or coming across the border? Don't they care about them? And that's the whole point, is that they're trying to arrange a scenario where they can cut the throat of America. That's what the leftists are all about. These are the same people who want to make a deal with Iran for oil and they won't let America produce oil right now, today. And this is the level of insanity that we have to deal with as the American people. We have to survive this, this treachery. This treachery has been built up over a long period of time. It took a long time for Biden to work his, worm his way into the White House. 40 years of just worming and squirming his, 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 sick, his sick family. Look how sick his family is. Did you ever hear about the diary? They shut that down. The FBI will act now. The FBI will act to show up at your house and arrest you if you're some woman out there in Arizona. Peters, Tina Peters, right? Am I saying that right? They're going to give her felonies and shut her down, send her to prison for the rest of her life. But if you have a diary that shows that uh, Joe Biden molested and took showers and bathed with his own daughter in an inappropriate manner, hey, parents and children, they have loving relationships. They, they're very affectionate. But the, the stuff that was going on in the diary with Joe Biden and his daughter was not normal family affection and love. It was perverse and it was sick. And that's what happened with Joe, with, uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, too. The guy's sick. He can't cope. I can, I can look in the eye and see it. He's, he's, he's perverted. He's messed up. He can't let himself get sober and feel that. He's got to stay high so that he doesn't have to cope with the reality of his life. That's why he talked about suicide. In the few emails that we know about the guy and messages, he talked several times about just wanting to end his own life because he's got it all. He's a billion, practically a billionaire. He's from an elite Washington gangster family, and political gangsters. Like the Clintons, like some flawed, perverted, like throwback Clintons. And you can imagine what the, the Clintons are really good at radio silence, so we don't get to see the inside of their disgusting mess. But we can imagine you got Chelsea in the wings. She can't wait to be a senator or be a president or be on the Supreme Court. I mean, that's what, the, that's what Washington, D.C. has planned for us. So now they've already come out early with, with this insurrection stuff, and they're trying to frame every single white man of military age who uh, likes to own a weapon with uh, domestic terrorism, with being a domestic violence, uh, uh, homegrown, uh, you know what you have, you know what you call it. But it's whatever, whatever rhetoric they, the New York Times will post, will uh, print for them. So we're at war. We're not at war just with Putin and with China. We're at war with our own government. That's why they're going after us. That's why they're making their moves. Because they recognize that when you have transgender politics in your Pentagon and your war, in your war fighting council, and then the benefits that we have to afford our soldiers now is are the uh, the right to uh, get a free surgery on us to go cut your vagina off and have a penis or cut your penis off and have a vagina. Just like who knows? Like who even wants to think about such things? Well, not our our fourth graders here in Florida. I mean, that's what they want to do. They want to teach our children all this disgusting mess and inculcate within them their ideas. They want to impregnate your children's minds with their ideology while you're hard at work trying to pay all this, pay all these bills. So you don't get on food stamps and end up on welfare. That's what we're dealing with. It's time to rise up.
in your heart quietly. You don't have to text it where Amazon and Google can monitor you for the FBI. You don't have to, you don't have to tell your wife who, who might betray you and leave you because you know, you know the, the, the times are going to get hard. This is for the men. This is for the culture of manhood out there that has to ultimately wear the responsibility of this. Either what you did or what you didn't do. When you went out to take up the fight, did you succeed in your battle? Did you fight wisely? Did you wait till, you know, like George Washington, wait till you had the advantage and then hide yourself and flee in the meantime so you didn't get annihilated? Where? Well, this is the American Revolution, guys. This is 2.0. It's time for you to prepare yourself. The currency is going down. I could have told you this for the last 10 years. I haven't been around that long. Other people have known about this. We, we, we read it. We discuss it. The information's there. We're dependent and totally enslaved and addicted to the Federal Reserve note. Because it's the only thing. Even when you have a soda machine over there, it like wants you to pop a dollar bill, a crisp dollar bill, and a couple quarters in there so you can have a little can of soda. See what I'm saying? Are, are everything, all prices are rising. Now the interest rate's going to go up. They didn't have, <laughs> the interest rate of the Federal Reserve uh, Board hasn't gone up in like seven years. And this year it's going to go up seven or eight times. This is the year. Just call your senator and look, look, at, look at Washington, D.C. Just pay attention. This is the year that they plan to do this. And they installed Joe Biden. Maybe morons went down and actually voted for this clown, but it didn't matter if you voted for him because our democracy is despoiled. They were going to install him. It didn't matter how many people didn't or didn't vote for him. They were going to arrange the numbers, stuff the ballots, print up their own thing, and they did it. And if you have just an open mind, you can see that that's what happened. It doesn't matter if you were against him or for him. The point is, is they tricked that shit into place. So at this point, I don't know where we would have been with, uh, with the other, with, with Trump. I mean... Maybe he would have had a continuity of presidency and would have carried on and maybe things would have been different. But that's not what they had in mind. You're up against this John Brennan, uh, Obama CIA with, with, they just humiliated this Comey guy, all the Peter Strzok. There was a whole contingent of people that were sharpening their knives and who were working within the, the beltway and the Washington, D.C. apparatus to destroy him. So he didn't, for whatever his strengths might have been, he did try to throw red meat to the American patriots and try to do things that were fundamentally, that he did, you know, the things that people desire, but he didn't break the back of the deep state and he didn't break the back of the Federal Reserve banking power when he had a chance. When he, he could have, just like we discussed in this, there, there were several proclamations and executive orders that are in place, including a, a legislation having to do with the Trading with the Enemy Act and how they fine-tune it for several decades before they turned it against the American people and the Emergency Banking Act and just the emergency powers themselves. This entire arrangement of Washington, D.C. dictatorship and tyranny, it's not apparent to you on your face because you got to stand up and hold, hold your hand over your heart and say the Pledge of Allegiance. And now you get to say the, the Black National Anthem and just accept it. That's what America's about. It's about whatever the deep state power structure is going to make it about. And you're going to eat it. So just prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for what's coming. And at the very end, it, once you're not able to stand up for your own culture and your own people who share your own language and your own backyard and your own neighborhood and your own county or city or state, once you can't stand with them anymore because you've looked at them like they're some kind of enemy, they voted for the wrong person. They don't have the same kind of opinion I do about, you know, people's sexual lives. It's really none of our fucking business. They don't have the same kind of money they have more money than me or they have less money they're just whatever it is that allows you to be divided against the other people that you see around you in america the americans and then you get to see a whole contingent of another 20 million uh 25 million illegal immigrants just wandering around they're not hard to see 
they look like they're out of place. They look like they don't know where they are. They can't speak English and they're working here and they have Federal Reserve notes in their hand from working, but they, they just, they don't know where they're at. And they're just taking buses around. The, I, I work with these guys all the time. They get on a bus and they go from job to job. They move around. They're, they're migrating around the country, taking up all the work, taking a huge vast of the employers who are paying out wages are going to people that, that are not even from here. You don't pay taxes. You have no social security numbers or whatever information they're using to get their their wages is are, are false, erroneous information. It's illegal. It's fraudulent. But these guys don't get held accountable. No one holds them accountable. So this is what I would just require for you to to do your own homework and to look at some of these the information that we're, we're we're bringing forth and to really just support us, support us every chance you get. And we're looking now at. Is something we've discussed before plenty of times at the international reserve currency and how they look like they're going to change it. Look like they're going to attack it. It looks like they can see that this, the unraveling of our debt spiral has become complete. How many more trillions? 10 trillion, 20 trillion, 50 trillion, a gazillion trillion? Like how many more, guys? How, 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 don't you see where this leads? They're going to go and give 350 billion over to Ukraine to help them because they, Biden didn't act. This is a sucker punch to the world community, right into the face by Putin, and the, the world is hiding and cowering and just trying to throw money at it. The fact that they let this be a tinderbox, they let this be a fuse in the dynamite stick, they just let it fester. They, they could have brought Ukraine into the EU, they could have brought Ukraine into NATO, but they never did. They didn't do it for 20 years. They took Ukraine's nuclear weapons away so they couldn't defend itself. Under, that wasn't that during Clinton? Or do you know? You see what I'm saying? The deep state has been trying to interfere in this area of the world for a long time. So we shouldn't be surprised when Putin jumps out. The fact that we're surprised and upset just means that we're our nose, our deep state nose, is up the uh, the asses of these other people over here, and it's none of our business. We shouldn't have been taking the Ukraine's weapons away. We shouldn't be trying to give weapons to Iran right now. We took weapons away from Ukraine. And now, here in 2022, we're preparing to do a deal to give Russian-made technology over to Iran so they can have their own weapons. That's what's going to happen. They're going to bust it out, guys. You're not ready for that. You're not, you're not ready for Ukraine. You're not ready for suddenly Iran turns around and ups the, uh, ups the, uh, the weapon at you and it's, it's a new nuclear missile. So we have major problems that we're not going to get out of. And now we're, we're going to end up as a, like a continental power over here because... Our Federal Reserve banking mastery of the world's economy is going to be a challenge now. Just get ready for your money to just devaluate, to just become less. Your, your company wants to take all your labor and all your productive genius and all your intellectual power and all your the best eight hours or ten hours of your day and just suck it in to earn value from your work. And then they want to give you these garbage Federal Reserve notes, which as soon as they hand them to you, they just lost money. It's like when you take a new car off the car lot. It just went from being 50000 to 25000 Just, just it, it devaluated because you just left off and it's no longer a brand new car and it just went down in value. That's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with your money is becoming less valuable. And now you need more of it because your bills are going up. And how are you going to go ask your boss for more money? How will you earn the extra money you need? The debt cycle will be unsustainable. So anyway, we've gone on and on and on about that. I'm trying to prevail upon you. You can hear me. I'm trying to, to desperately get this in your mind. Trade your Federal Reserve notes now for silver coins, for survival kit items, for bullets and, and guns, like things that you'll need. Because when, when, when the music stops playing and everyone tries to grab a chair, 
There's not enough. So when it, when it goes down, you're going to need to think, well, I'm not going to be able to eat these. Like you can stack up money into the, into the ceiling, but you can't eat it and you can't use it to defend yourself. And pretty soon when it's just as, as worthless as this packet of napkins I have sitting on my seat right here, keep the napkin, napkins from the fast food bag so you can have some extra, you know, right? It's just worthless paper and ink. You need to recognize that the only thing that keeps it in power was that we had the petrodollar, that we had our dollar pegged in, in its valuation and its, its economic value to the exchange of oil. So people needed oil, large amounts of it, and to do large economic transactions, you had to turn your various world currencies into Federal Reserve notes, and it kept us afloat. It kept us with a preeminence in the, in the world and in a position of wealth and supremacy that we're losing. And the fact that these, this Biden, this idiotic Biden regime went and weaponized the Federal Reserve note and, and just attacked the, the people of Russia and stole all their money, it just collapsed their banking system over there. That just hurt the, the Russian people very bad. What's, how, how did that hurt Putin? It's insane. It's an insane place to be right now, and I'm, I feel bad. But we, we've known about this, and we prepared for this, and we've discussed this before, guys. We knew all along that we were going to be dealing with these provocative world leaders who are now going to challenge the power structure of the global elite out of Brussels, out of, the, out of Davos, the party of Davos, this Washington, D.C., city of London clique, this intellectual brain uh, think tank out of Georgetown University, this Jesuit power structure that's been built, ultimately is going to be challenged by the world system. In America only, is just a, a Protestant republic that's built to, uh, to protect against the Inquisition, against religious tyranny and persecution. That's what the, um, the Puritans and the Baptists and the Americans, you know, the, the colonialists had, had ahead of them was to face the inquisition of the feudal lords and their masters of the monarchs and wh- whoever would just come in to own them and put them to work as serfs. They fought for their own families and for their own dignity and their own freedom. And they, they left this, this great heritage and this great legacy of democracy, popular government and freedom and liberty. And now we're losing it and squandering it as the this fifth column of traitors and corrupt leftist sycophants who have constructed to like these psychos like George Soros have constructed Antifa and Black Lives Matters and all, all these other elements of sophistry we see in the narrative now. This casuistry, this creation of political controversies which are self-destructive to everyone involved. Same thing with this transgendered homosexual agenda. Nobody needs to know any of these people's business. You know, we don't need to teach four-year-olds about homosexuality. Have you lost your mind? This is completely sickening. This is the grooming of pedophiles. This is a pedophile culture over your mind. You need to wake up and snap out of it. And so, you don't think Putin sees this? Think that much has changed in Russia in the last 20 years? We've just cycled through all these morphic changes, and we are unrecognizable in the last 20 years in the eyes of this guy. This Putin fellow and, and Xi Jinping, same thing. They can see that we are becoming debased as a culture. We can see that we're becoming economically insolvent. They can see that the military is no longer fighting righteous wars. 
There's controversy, social, political, racial, of all kinds. Sexual perversion is being injected into the, the body politic of every, every apparatus, of the governing apparatus, of the, the military hierarchy. The whole system is being corrupted. And our next generation of kids, our, our children, we're, we're handing them over something that's just totally grotesque. And mutilated from what it originally was. The original founding documents, they don't hold back the Supreme Court. You have these people who, who think that, they're, that they're, uh, they will interpret the Constitution how they see fit, and it's a breathing document. and it's just, it's just all this bullshit and manipulation as these people basically don't want to follow the Constitution. They don't want to follow the boundaries and the limitations of their power. That's what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and the whole construct of our Republican form of government, of our, of our democratic republic was to constrain power and to put limitations and, and and it doesn't look like there's any limitation they're finding every way to break and manipulate and, and and crush the limitations just like the old illuminati power structure of old we have people who are traitors who serve the cause of other people who are only interested in effectuating the will and the, the agenda of others who are our enemies they're ultimately a fifth column and like i said before the communists and these devotees of American destabilization, these America haters like Obama, are on the same playing field and on the same team as George Soros and Putin. And they're working hand in glove to make sure that they destroy this once great republic. And about this propaganda, um, I, don't know how it, I don't know how it is uh, where you are in South America, but all of the Americans and, and Europeans, Croatians that I know have fallen in line immediately with the official war propaganda from Washington and Brussels. Like nobody even questions anything. You know, the Pentagon sends out its communique to mainstream media and social media and literally everyone in lockstep you know, puts up their Ukrainian flags. And it's astonishing because no one thinks about Iraq or, you know, after Afghanistan and Syria and Yemen, all, all of these lies of all, all of these uh, wars that were started on an unjust basis. And you would think, you know, we, we would have learned this through alternative media and the internet, but no, everyone just in an instant uh, toes the line. And, you know, what are your thoughts on the level of propaganda that we're seeing? Well, it's unbelievable. One thing that's gone down the memory hole <coughs> is what happened in Kosovo, uh, which used to be a province of Serbia. Uh, but most of the population are Albanian, so they, by ethnically, so they split off. Okay, it's actually analogous in many ways to uh, uh, the two provinces in the Donbass splitting off from Ukraine, which isn't a real country. It only came into existence. It's, it's an ethnic area. I mean, the very word Ukraine means borderland. Uh, so it only came into existence during the Soviet Civil War back in the early 20s. Uh, anyway, uh, it's not good. I mean, the United States won't, won't countenance two provinces splitting off from there, but for a province to split off from Serbia, well, no, that must happen. And, and the U.S., comes in and bombs, uh, you know, kills tens of thousands of people with the air war, uh, gives the uh, Kosovars weapons and all that. So they can split off from Serbia, but these two provinces can't split off from Ukraine. Uh, you, know, you know, the U.S. government has become the greatest danger in the world today. It really is. It's... Uh, it's uh, with military bases in over 100 countries around the world and 
the CIA and God knows whatever agencies sticking their nose into everything. Uh, it's and, and it's a collapsing empire. Besides, I mean, the U.S. government is actually bankrupt. Uh, and the currency is on the ragged edge of being destroyed. This is a big deal, uh, the way I see it. Uh, you know, this thing in the Ukraine, it should be just a sideshow. You know, a territorial dispute, which governments have had throughout history all the time, constantly. But what's really a big deal is that we're in a financial bubble in the West generally, but in the U.S. in particular, in the stock market, the bond market, the real estate market. So if these things collapse, a lot of people that thought they had a lot of money are going to turn out to, gee, I don't have all that money after all. And then we have an economic disaster where there will be lots of people, all the distortions and misallocations of capital will come on. You have massive unemployment and corporate failures. Uh, and God knows what the government will do with that, which leads to the political thing. They'll probably put on wage and price controls, capital controls, all, all the usual stupid things. And then, of course, from a sociological point of view, the U.S. has turned from, you know, uh, a country where everybody shared values and more or less shared religion and shared, I mean, it was a country, it was, but now it's become a multi, a multi-ethnic uh, domestic empire, uh, which people don't have anything in common anymore. So I think the U.S. is going to fall apart into different countries, frankly. That's, and Canada's likely to do that too. So we're at the end of the episode. I appreciate your support and your continued patronage here at Looking Glass Forum. And in order to just close out the episode, we have this very interesting little interview here with Peter Schiff, and he's going to discuss the breakdown of the currency and the the status of the, what happens when we lose the uh, our, our our place as the international reserve currency in the world and the ramifications of that. So let's take a listen to Peter Schiff. I know you're big on buying gold uh, and silver as well, and that you have a firm that helps people do that. But I, I've heard you say it for a long time that, that you know gold is a good investment. Um, what about this notion of the, of the dollar no longer being the, the world's reserve currency? Can you explain what does that mean, and how does that affect regular people? Yeah, well, first of all, I look at gold as money, as a store of value, not as an investment per se, like you invest in stocks or real estate. You hold on to gold. Uh, to preserve value, because it doesn't throw off a return like stocks uh, or, or or real estate do. What, what was the question you asked, though? I just What about the dollar as, as the world oh, yeah. reserve? Sorry. Yeah. Like, what, is it, what, so, what does that mean, and what does it mean to the regular Joe watching this program if, if that is no longer the case? Yeah, people don't really understand the degree to which the American economy is dependent on the dollar and its uh, role as the reserve currency. You've often heard the U.S. economy described as a service sector economy, right? We're, we're all about services. Well, where do we get all the stuff then? Because we certainly consume a lot of stuff. Americans are, you know, incredible shoppers. I mean, we have an insatiable <laughs> to buy stuff, right? So, but if we have a service sector economy, where's all this stuff coming from that we're buying? Well, it's coming from China and other countries. Well, how do we pay for it? We don't. We just print money. You see, under a normal economy, if we didn't have the reserve currency, we would either have to produce stuff for ourselves or produce stuff for our trading partners 
to trade with them for the stuff they produce. But we don't have to produce anything. We just print money. And the rest of the world takes the money we print for the stuff they make. And so we have a much higher standard of living because we get to consume all this stuff that we didn't have to produce. So we didn't really pay for it. But when the dollar loses its status, then the rest of the world isn't going to want dollars anymore. They're going to want stuff. And so if we want their stuff, we're going to have to make some stuff of our own to give them. And we can't do it because we don't have the factories. We don't have the savings to create the factories. We don't have the supply chains. We don't have the skilled labor. We don't have anything that a manufacturing economy needs because we're no longer a manufacturing economy. I mean, we manufacture a little, but not nearly enough to satisfy our demand. So what would have to happen if the dollar was no longer the reserve currency is American spending would implode. Consumption would collapse because we'd have nothing to buy. And so our entire GDP would implode. We'd have a massive recession because Americans wouldn't be buying anything because we couldn't afford anything. And all the shelves would be empty because foreigners wouldn't be sending us the stuff that they produce. And we don't have the capacity to produce it for ourselves. What is the likelihood that that could happen? Oh, 100 percent. The, 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 only, the, the only question is when. Because the only way to avoid that would be for the U.S. government to act fiscally responsible. But that's never going to happen. In fact, as long as the dollar is the reserve currency, we have no incentive to be fiscally responsible. So that's the, the problem here. We're going to keep on doing this until there's a crash. Because the only thing that will stop it is a crash. Because we won't voluntarily... You know, face the music because you know it's it's so politically damaging to the people in power to do that. So, and, and I also think that a lot of people in in the U.S., including at the Fed, just take for granted the dollar's reserve currency status. I mean, they don't think that we could ever jeopardize it. That no matter how much money we print, no matter how much our deficits are, the rest of the world is just going to go along for the ride. And I think they believe that because they've gone along so far. And, you know, it's we've gotten away with it this long. And so the belief is we'll get away with it indefinitely. And I think that hubris is, is going to have a big price because that's not going to be the case. And I also think that um, the Fed and the U.S. government have underestimated the degree to which that reserve currency status is so, you know, integral to the entire bubble economy that we have, our whole service sector economy. That's the linchpin. You pull that out. And everything implodes. It wasn't always thus in our country. So what happened, right? I mean, it was was it was it NAFTA? Like what 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 brought us from a country that manufactured its own goods with pride to a country that buys everything from China? Yeah, well, it was it was big government. It was taxes and regulations that made the U.S. uncompetitive relative to the rest of the world. And then it was going off the gold standard uh, and going on a dollar standard where once the dollar was the reserve currency, the rest of the world needed dollars. And how did they get dollars? Well, they sold stuff to Americans. And so we basically outsourced our entire economy. And in the short run, we benefited because the cost of production was lower overseas uh, than it was in the U.S., especially because American companies had to deal with high regulations, high taxes, uh, labor unions, uh, all sorts of other things that ran up the cost of production that 
foreigners didn't have. And of course, you know, a, a lot of the regulation, the labor laws, uh, environmental laws, I mean, the other countries didn't have to deal with that. And so they didn't have to bake the cost of complying with those regulations into their, their labor cost, into their price of their goods. And the wages were already, you know, much, much lower in the other countries. So Americans got a good deal. We traded our jobs for stuff. And we did that for decades. But, you know, we can't do it anymore because we now have so much debt. And wages around the world have increased to the point where there's not a big arbitrage left anymore between labor costs outside the U.S. and labor costs inside the United States. Um, and, and foreigners don't want to you know, play this game anymore. They have too many dollars. Uh, they have too many U.S. treasuries, and we're making that apparent uh, by, you know, flexing our muscles with these sanctions. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that we've reached the end of the road here on this game, and, you know, when we experience the, the, the true consequences of what's happened, because, you know, we've been living on credit cards and borrowed money and imported goods, and we don't realize how drastically things are going to change for the worse when we can't rely on those things anymore. Those lifelines are going to be gone. Mm 